Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. On today's episode of the Light Path Podcast, I'm excited to be joined yet again by Sebastian Terry, the best-selling author, top keynote speaker, and founder of 100 Things. I know so many of you loved being introduced to or hearing Seb talk again in our last chat that we had all about goal setting. So today we take a deeper dive into this as Seb shares his advice and wisdom on how we can live our lists through discussing the foundation of goal setting and how we can overcome some possible barriers we may need to overcome in order to live our list out loud. Seb hails from Sydney but now lives in Los Angeles where he dedicates his time to helping individuals and organizations change and evolve via the power of goal setting. Check out the show notes to see how you can contact and be engaged with the work that Seb does. And as always, pop on over to our Facebook community group to share how you are living your goals out loud so that we can keep cheering you on. But for now, enjoy today's episode. So excited to welcome you back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us again today, Seb. Of course. Great to be back. So if you caught the last episode, you would have got the little intro into Seb's mission about 100 things, a bucket list type approach to life, but it is so much more than that. So I kind of want to pick up where we left off last time in our last chat and talk really about how do we then attempt to write this list? You spoke a little bit about spokes in, um, I would probably talk about values, um, in terms of that, but can you talk us through, you know, if we wanted to start a list, if we wanted to motivate ourselves this way or keep ourselves accountable this way, can you talk us through a little bit of that? Yeah. Well, first, I think it might be interesting to talk about why it's important to look at a list in the first place. There's a book by an Australian Bronnie, uh, Australian palliative care nurse called Bronnie Ware. Maybe you're aware of it. And she has a book called Regrets of the Dying. So she would look after people who are, you know, end, end stage of life. And she would interview them and she would just say, hey, what's your biggest regret? And basically she wrote a book on the five most common regrets that were shared with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was not living a life true to myself, living in a way others expected of me. The second one was I wish I'd let myself be happier. The third was I wish I'd worked less. The fourth was I'd wish I'd expressed myself more. And the fifth was, I wish I stayed in touch with loved ones and friends. Mm. Um, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, but that's that's kind of what they are. If you start looking at that and, you know, you start to realize that, well, yeah, there are common regrets that we're having in life. And if you end up on your deathbed and you look back and you suddenly go, oh, my gosh, I wish I had done that differently, that just, would just be a, a shame. It just really would. So I think how do you change that? Well, you look at where you are right now. And you make choices that will ensure that when you get to your last day, whenever that is, because no one knows, but when you get there, you don't have those regrets. So that's why I think it's important trying to think about goals, aspirations, whatever you want to call them. You know, a bucket list might seem too trivial or, or, you know, cheesy to some people, and that's fine too. But it is important to have goals. We do have them. We have them when we go to work. Uh, We have them in relation to, well, I hope to retire at one point. 
Uh, you want to marry someone typically, right? Or have kids. Like we have goals. And so a list is important because you're collecting all the things that you want to do, giving yourself permission to actually identify them specifically. You're putting them in one spot and it is a reminder. So with that said, how do you start a list? Can I kind of stop you there? Because my, you have just totally reminded me of a conversation I had with my four-year-old or she's now five niece. She asked, she's obsessed with superheroes. She's got an older brother, right? So she's not a typical girl. Um, she just loves her superheroes and all that. And she said to me, Kiki, what soup, what would your superpower be? And straight away I was like, hindsight, <laughs> because there are things that I would do differently. And now I'm like listening to you speak. I'm like, this is like a really great way to live with hindsight. Then I had to explain what hindsight was to a five-year-old. She was not interested in my superpower. But mm. I like that concept of, yeah, like look at it from that perspective of what do you not want to regret? How, how would you not want to end up there? And how would you want to end up there and have that motivate you in terms of planning forward that way? We the, the, There's something I heard recently and um, it's that we, in, in the short term, we regret the things that we did. Oh, I can't believe I did that. That's embarrassing. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I can't. In, in the long term, we regret the things that we didn't do. Um, so that's an interesting sort of tweak on it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, look, I think one thing when it comes to meaningful goal setting, um, that we, we often miss is a a meaningful, relevant, personal purpose-driven list is founded upon a a thorough understanding of the, the core aspects of who we are as individuals. And you can also play this game with reference to families, uh, communities, organizations you know mm. who are you on a fundamental level but we'll stick to individuals right now yeah we found over two and a half years of, of running the this eight step we call it the live your list program but this eight step course program for people to create and activate their own lists that there are 12 commonly shared spokes now if you imagine for a second a bicycle wheel and that bicycle wheel has spokes the spokes give that wheel structure mm-hmm. allow it to spin and be a wheel if you then imagine that your life is represented by that wheel the question is, what are your spokes? What are the things that prop you up? The things that without, you just would not be you. Now, it's different for everyone. Uh, we found, as I said, there are 12 commonly shared spokes. So I don't know if I can remember them all right now, but personal development, professional slash career development, uh, mental wellness, uh, travel and adventure, creativity, impact is one, giving back, um, key relationships, so friends, family, Love, romantic love is a separate one altogether, of course. Um, what else? I've got them down here. Uh, physical health. It goes on. But if you understand what they, if anyone wants to know what they all are, by the way, email me or something and I'll send it to you. But, um, we'll sh- yeah, we'll but yeah, and if you know what those 12 or what your spokes are, on average, people have seven or eight, by the way, so you don't need Oh, okay. I was going to say that's yeah. a lot. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you can have less too, but just on average, people have seven or eight. Um, if you know what those are, you can then go through the process of going, well, I'm going to rate them, which is quite confronting. So, for example, physical health is on most people's list. Everyone wants to be physically healthy. The major- the vast majority of people have a really weak physical health spoke. If you were to rate it, you know, zero is awful, 10 is, well, I'm at the problem of my life physically. Where, where are you in that range? Most people are kind of around threes and fours. You know, we, we everyone wants to do a diet. Everyone wants to get go to the gym to get buff or whatever it might be. So if you start rating each and every one of your spokes, key relationships, impact, personal development, et cetera, et cetera, you then get a pretty good gauge on how healthy your wheel is. 
And if you pushed your wheel down a hill or applied any amount of pressure or load, what would happen? And most of our wheels would break. So how do you strengthen your wheel? You look at the weak spokes and you go, right, within physical health, what are three things I could do that would strengthen that spoke? Is it join a gym? Is it eat healthy? Is it eat less? Is it go for a walk at lunch? Well, you know, it can be very simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, run the Alp Duez triathlon. It, it could be simple. Then if you come up with three goals for each and every weak spoke, and then, hey, why not? Choose three goals for your strong spokes too. Ma- maintain their strength. You suddenly find that you've got a really relevant, up-to-date, in-the-moment list of, of purpose-driven goals that you've autonomously identified. You know, like physical health is a very popular one. You don't have to have it on there. A really interesting one is family. Um, of all the spokes, um, not everyone has family on there. Not a, You know, people, some people, and hey, you know, tip of the hat to them, why not? But don't have it on there. So just, you know, it's, a, it's an autonomous process. And if at the end of it, you can stare down at a list of things that you think are going to make you, your wheel better, your life stronger. Well, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, huge. And like you say, it's it's autonomous. It's coming from you. And then that makes you even more accountable to it, I guess, because you've mandated this for yourself. So clearly it's in the doing, it's in the movement that you get to kind of exercise this and you get to kind of push your own boundaries and do that. So how do you go from having these list of things? And what I'm hearing is like, it's not as if you sit there and do a hundred things all at once. I'm assuming that this list grows over time. Yeah. So, so two separate things there. I think is one is, do you attack them all at once? No, you, you know, you take it one by one or, you know, uh, the other thing you're mentioning is, does it change? And the answer is yes, your list will change over time because as your wheel rolls or goes to a different place where you age, um, which is true for all of us, you don't look like you have aged a day. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm different to how you were, to how I was 10 years ago. So are you. And in 10 yeah. years time, you'll be different again. So yeah. your goals should change. You know, when we're kids, our goals are, you know, eating candy, uh, going to the beach, which which hasn't changed for me, but yeah. you know, like toys, fun, adventure. When you get older, suddenly your goals change, and so they should. You want to get a house suddenly. Uh, you want to find love. You want to have a kid. You want to propose to your loved one. So goals definitely should change, and and fundamentally, I think that happens from your spokes changing over time. Uh-huh. Um, and you mentioned values earlier. Um, you know, I think your values change as as, as an individual oh, yeah, for sure. over time, for sure. and and that should be reflected as well. Um, but where do you start? I mean, look, if you're staring at a list of, it doesn't have to be a hundred, it could be five things. Yeah. If you're staring at a list of however many things, pick one. That, I mean, that's it. Just pick one and go through a very simple action plan and consider the who, the what, and the when. Who is involved in this goal? Is it just me? Is it other people? What actually has to be done? Do I have to email? Do I just have to get it off my ass? Do I have to ring someone? What do I have to do? I know exactly what it is. And it's such an easy, simple way of doing it. Um, that it, it might sound too simple for some, but it doesn't. It doesn't have to be any more complicated. And and the when is well, you know, when can you start? When does it finish? Is there a timeline? Is there a time frame? Uh, and often we find that we can start right now. And uh, by doing that, you'll create an action plan, and you'll suddenly realise that you could actually start now. And it's <laughs> that simple. And I think that I'm assuming that the more you do, you know, the who, when, where process that the easier it gets and the more natural it feels to be like oh I have this goal or I have this desire to go and do this the process becomes second nature I assume to an extent yeah 
Yeah, it's as soon as we, from a scientific perspective, as soon as we strive for a goal, so as soon as we start, well, firstly identify the goal and then strive for it, the pleasure chemicals are released into the body, yeah. serotonin, dopamine. So as I'm sure everyone knows, dopamine is a, it's, it's a pleasure chemical. It makes you feel good. It's released in the anticipation of doing something that's important to you. Uh, it makes you feel like you can run through walls. Uh, serotonin reduces uh, anxiety. Um, it has the potential to eradicate um, depression. It makes us smile. It makes us more confident. Uh, it makes us feel a greater sense of self-efficacy. So the, these these two pleasure chemicals are not released just when we achieve the goal, but from the very first moment we write it down. And so certainly, back to your question, as soon as you start doing things, does it become addictive? Yeah, it does. Absolutely, because you feel great. And if you think about anything that you've done previously in your life, uh, whatever it might be, by yourself, with a friend, with a, a family member, um, with a colleague, with a client, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you just think about something you're incredibly proud about, how did you feel in that moment? And the answer is you probably felt pretty good. You you probably felt invincible. And and that we're, we're able to like you, you know, lean into these resources when and only when we strive for a goal that that really matters. You know, how I'm trying to think like you, you think of someone wanting to do a marathon. And they sign up. In that moment, they are they're peaking on like all the good emotions. Why? Because they're just taking a step in the right direction. When someone wants to book a holiday, they think about it. They look at a couple of options. They book that holiday. They feel incredible. You want to um, create a better relationship with someone. You reach out to them and they respond. And you're like, oh my god, this is incredible. Of course, like I feel silly saying it, but goal setting is is it, it is the vehicle for individual and collective evolution, transformation, growth, whatever word you want to fit in there, you know. I mean, why would you feel silly saying that? I think that's so profound. And I think we're so good at overcomplicating stuff for ourselves and putting weird and wonderful ways to pressurize ourselves into things or it not being good enough. And I like it that you're using such simple uh, down-to-earth everyday examples of the things that we can be goal-setting around. So aside from just setting the goal, anything else that you've noticed working with people that stops them in that immediate uh, launch pad of like, okay, I want to do this, but then I just don't. What else grips people there? Well, I think it's, there's so many things. I think fear is a big one. Um, you know, we, we, we fear that we're going to fail. We have this fear of failing. Uh, and so we go, well, it'd be easier just not to. If I don't try, it means I can't ever fail. At least that's a plus. And it's like, well, so I think you have to, you have to understand that failing is actually a really good thing. You know, getting resistance, it's feedback. Hey, you're not doing this in a way that's going to allow you to get to your goal. So you can then think, right, what do I need to do? Um, I think the people you hang around uh, is highly influential. You know, I think Jim Rowan said, you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most. Um, have a Have a think about it. You don't have to tell them. But have a think about it. Who are the people next to you? Are they positive? Do they give you life? Do they give you energy? Do you feel optimistic and inspired by not only the way they act, but the way they make you feel? Or do you feel like they suck life out of you? Do you feel like they're actually not fantastic role models? Do you feel that you're not the best version of yourself when you're around them? Um, we've all had both of these people in our lives. And if you're able to hang more and more and more with the people who are on the positive side, in the workplace, out of the workplace, friendship circles, et cetera, you'll find that you'll be far more inspired to take a step in that right direction. I mean, I, I think really you just go, you know, why do people not take that first step off the start line? I mean, 
there's so many things, but I do think fear is a, is a huge piece. I, I think other people's influence is a huge piece. We really care about what other people think about us to the point where it acts negatively. Another quote, we started this with a quote, but. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't, I, we didn't I, ask I, you a quote this time. So hit us with your quote. I, I don't know who said this either. And I don't know exactly what it was, but it was in, in essence, it was this. It's um, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. I feel like I could spend all day dissecting that. <laughs> my so I, my so brain's that's, like that's a ping pong. So, so I, I'm not who I think I'm not who said like I'm not who I think I am. I'm also I'm not what you think I am. Whatever you might think, that's not me either. Sadly, what I what I actually think is I, I think <laughs> I'm completely forgotten. <laughs> I know this it's now. hard. This is hard. But it's like I, I I I the whole thing is I'm guessing what you think about me, and I care, and I shouldn't. We, again, we talk about like social media, right? Yeah. Social media. We, we care so much. You look at people's posts and uh, for me anyway, and I just think, why? <laughs> what, what's, why would you do that? Why? And it's because we actually really care. We want to project. We want to project an image so other people think a certain way that we think would be good for us. Tot- I talk I'm about, guessing yeah. what you, it's, and you go around in circles, right? Oh, totally. So, it's exhausting. Like I, I coach people a lot through this because I know I have needed to coach myself and get coaching a lot through this, especially yeah, yeah. in romantic relationships, turning up as the person that you hope they will find attractive, even to the point of like oh, yeah. dressing for a date. What will they find attractive instead of just dressing how you yeah. want to dress? Simple things like that. I mean, we're going on a tangent here, but I, I mean, I, hey, same thing with dating. I feel, I feel that too. You know, I've certainly in, in the earlier years have been that person or what would they want? Oh, yeah. I'll try and yeah. do that. And I, I, I'm quite good at that. You know, I've certainly, I, I, and I don't think that's a great, well, I think you can use it positively as well. But like, I've certainly, I moved around a lot when I was younger. I lived in England, lived in Australia. I was always the new person, the new kid at the school. And so naturally you kind of, you want to be loved, right? And so yeah. you- you sort of adapt like a chameleon to be that person there and this person there. And it kind of, you know, to a degree it works and you can get friends and you can feel loved and supported. It's not massively authentic because they're loving a version of you that you're not perhaps, you know, that it's not you. But um, yeah, I've had to learn over time that you've got to be yourself. If you, if I was just completely myself and you were completely yourself and we just had chemistry and whatever, you know, romantically not, it would just be great. Oh my God. You wouldn't even worry about stuff. But because we're all pretending to be all these different people, people are completely mismatched. No one actually knows who they're with. And worst of all, they don't know who they are. And I think, yeah, I live in LA. I mean, (laughs) it's crazy over here. So um, again, I'll say this. I think I might've said this in the other podcast, but your list, if you're able to put a list of meaningful goals, really relevant goals that completely authentically reflect where you want to go, and you start doing that, over time, you get closer to being your true self. So I, I, I've i got to say, like, love me or hate me, and uh, I, I am who I am, whether I'm on a stage speaking, whether I'm doing this podcast, whether I'm by myself, whether I'm with my friends, I don't try and be anybody else. And uh I think that's what we should all try and be doing. Ultimately, whatever whatever's on your list, whatever it is, finance, you know, travel, adventure, lo- just be yourself. <laughs> that, that's that's the shortest distance. This is such a tangent, but the fact the thing I love about 
you and the reason I find you so inspiring is because I think you're one of those souls that will put themselves into positions that almost force themselves, as we've talked about, to expand into the biggest, best, newest, whatever version of themselves. And so I find it now that you're speaking really funny that you have decided at this point in your life to live in LA, a place where authenticity in self is often challenging, but also a place where people go to seek the dream. And so it must be quite contrasting for you. Do you find that this it must really help you? Like why did you decide to go there? Such a great uh, thought. You're, you're right. It's a, it's a. I came here to film a show, so I was offered to, to film a reality show, and it was based in the US, and I, I was just based here in LA. And then I really liked the culture out here. Um, mm. I loved how collaborative it was. I, I love how in the US, my experience is people just want to help you out. Oh, we can introduce you there. We can introduce it. There's less of a. Um, you'll hear so many Australians say this, but they'll reference that tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I think that's, you know, I think it's true to a degree in Australia and, and other places uh, where people won't, you know, if you're, if you're going in a different direction or if you're growing, people go, come back down here with us. Here, it's not like that. Everyone's, let's help, let's help you up. Come on, let's do this. Um, so, I, and I like that. I, I think that's really positive for growth for everyone, for the individuals and the collective, right? So that's why I'm here. I mean, in, in complete honesty, I've, it's, I've had to... I've had to kind of balance my cynicism for some of the way it is here in LA uh, with just accepting it for what it is. You know, you could very easily say, oh, everyone's shallow and people mm. are, you know, relationships, friendships, a lot of them are so transactional and, oh, rich guys and pretty girl. I mean, yeah, I suppose like that is here, um, you know, in part. But no, like I'm, I'm a better person for living here. Well, 100%, 100%. I, I've been here for five years and I'm a better person in so many ways for, for, for living here. Uh, physically, the way I think, what I do, um, my, my, um, my, my opinion of myself, uh, you know, all, all these things that, you know, people over here will talk very openly about, you know, I had a chat with my therapist the other day, but in Australia, we don't, we don't typically do that. So we don't. And like you and I grew up in the same town, right? So we're both from Sydney and, and it's hard to sometimes evolve and grow in the place that formed you. And it's almost a rebellious act. And, you know, when I hear little ones talking, you know, especially in my past life as being a teacher and they would say stuff like that, I, I can't miss, I've got my psychologist appointment. And it's like, it was even for me, it was a bit jarring because I'm not used to hearing it. And I love how open they are. And I hope yeah. that it, as individuals, if we're changing, then as a collective, we're beginning to change the conversations and the norms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I could, I couldn't agree more. So I think I almost like it, you know, a healthier version of passive smoking by living in Venice. I live in Venice Beach, right? Just the it passive, passive smoking down there. I tell you. Oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah. If you walk down the street, uh, you will smell a million things. Um, especially after the legalization of marijuana. So, mm -hmm. but but I mean it in more the, I don't know, the personal development way you can't help but just through listening to conversations and it being a common one too, a common conversation you can't help but start to learn things and get better so yeah love that yeah the last thing I want to touch on with you is that whole point of failing you touched on it before but what happens when we do inadverted commas fail or the the reaching for the goal 
maybe doesn't quite happen because we don't succeed or we don't actually do it. What's the best way that we can cope with that so it's not a hindrance, it's rather a growth experience like you talked about? Yeah, it, I, I think there's a few ways. I would almost joke with friends about this and say, well, who cares? Nothing really matters. Mm. I mean, really, genuinely, like, you know, no matter what the goal is, it doesn't define you. Not any of the things that I've done from my list define me. So if I was to fail on anything, uh, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as you're being you, if you're being you and you're successful, I don't really think there's a difference between that or being you and being unsuccessful. You're being you. That's the important thing. But talking about failure for a second, more specifically, I think it's great. I think it's great feedback. You get to, yeah, as I said in the other podcast, you get to learn. You get to learn something. I'm trying this. It's not working. Therefore, there's an opportunity for change and I can get better. Um, you can also ask yourself questions like, well, am I enjoying this process? Is this actually still something I want? If it is, yeah. I mean, I, I really have this mindset for, for me now that I can do anything. And I know out of context, that sounds so odd. But if, I, if you told me to do one thing, you're like, you've got the rest of your life to do this one thing, I reckon I could do it. And I reckon it do, it, it's not because I'm special. I, I reckon it's just a mindset and it's available to everybody. I think anyone could do anything with application. I, I really do. So, yeah, failing is just a, you know, uh, a, a part of it. It's inevitable. There's always something we're not going to quite achieve or not quite get to or certainly the way that we think. Um, but if we understand that, hey, it's the thing, the, the the goal line, the whatever, the picking up the trophy and putting it in the air. It, sure, there's so much, you know, there's so much around that which is lovely and good. It, it, my microphone fell over. I mean, that's an example of failure. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, as long as you keep understanding who you are and then just using that to the best of your ability to get to wherever the next spot is. That's what I think. Love it. So. Before I let you go, can you give us an insight, if you'd like to, you can say no, into what is left, some of the things that are left on your list? Oh, yeah. On my list, um, I want to do an Olympic ski jump. I want to learn French finally and properly. I want to learn a classical song and a piano, which I've been trying. I'm writing a script at the moment, which is on there. Uh, I want to start a, tradi a tradition, um, which will be with my sister, which will be like a, an annual get together of some sort. Um, yeah. I mean, there's plenty. People can see my entire list on my, on my site. Oh, okay. We'll go ahead and check it yeah. out. Nice. But, um, nice. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I'm looking behind me and looking at these kind of more mini goals, which I've set up. And I mean, they're the things that I'm really throwing myself at right now. And yeah, I mean, they're not massively impressive. If I was, if I was to read them to you, it, it would be like a shopping list of things, you know, just, uh, yeah, I'm going to, but that's what we want to hear. Read those things. Cause that will inspire, you know, us. We don't have to do big things like a ski jump. We can do just as important. Can you see me still? I had yeah, to pick up my microphone, but yeah. under physical health, uh, I want to do a 10 day cleanse, uh, and I want to start a cardio and strength program of some sort. That's it. Um, key relationships. I want to confirm a trip next year with my sister. Uh, I want to do a weekly call with my dad. I want to arrange more fun, creative catch-ups with my friends. Uh, two Australia trips next year. My dad's written a poem and I want to animate it. Oh, so um, professional development. I, I mean, this is kind of boring, but like rebrand. I want to double down on my keynoting, um, you know, continue building relationships with people in the industry. I mean, it just, again, that goes on. Travel and adventure. There's two surf trips next year, a Europe trip. Um, again, these are uh, some of them are based around speaking as well, which is great. Um, 
yeah, love healthy dating decisions, you know, and, I've, and I, and I know what that means to me, yeah. but um, I've been guilty of not making healthy dating decisions in the past. Um, personal development. I want to finish reading this book, which I've been reading for two years called self therapy talks about internal family systems, which is a, I don't know if the word is modality, but it's a form of therapy, which some therapists use. Um, uh, I want to do two breath work sessions a week. Um, personal challenge. I want to, yeah. Uh, get to the next phase of Claire de Lune, that classical piano song. I'm two and a half minutes in. I don't know how to play piano. I'm just learning the finger positions from a YouTube video. But if oh, I was wow. to play it for you, yeah, it's a, it's a memory exercise. I can't play anything else. Um, I think I've seen that uh, on I'm your – have you posted that on your Instagram, you're doing that? I think I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't really advanced in, I want to say, almost a year probably. Um, so it's time for the next bit. I want to do an improv comedy class and I want to do jujitsu. <laughs> so look goals the only thing that matters about goals is they're meaningful to you that's yeah. it yeah and not and not having to justify them to anyone else that i want to do it because it just feels good to me it feels right to me you don't have to justify anything and also remember it's actually quite good though to share it's really good to share if anyone's out there and they're thinking ah oh, i would love my kids to hear about this or something start that conversation on the dinner table just say hey everyone What's your biggest goal in life? And it sparks incredible conversation and usually results in people helping each other achieve those goals. That is just awesome. I am just, I love your energy. I've always loved it and what you're about. So again, I mean, I'm sure people have jumped on and followed you as a result of our first chat, but for those that haven't, where can we find you? Uh, SebastianTerry.com, which is my full name. 100things, 100things.com. Um Instagram, I'm at Seb 100 Things and, yeah, uh, LinkedIn, all that stuff, you know. Thank you again so much for your time and sharing your vibrancy and your wisdom with us and I think encouraging, you know, definitely me. I feel moved by this and I actually, full disclaimer, do not have a list, uh, but it's time I started one. I think I have a mental one in my head, but I think it's so goal orientated in terms of outcome rather than just the experience of doing it. So that's the shift, massive shift that I've had today. Oh, great. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Welcome. You're welcome. Go share your thoughts over at the Light Path community, but as always, it's a new love and light until we meet again here. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.